Hello, friends. I'm coming hot off that other episode. By the way, uh, the scene is a warmly lit office at night. It is, what is it? Nine o'clock. I thought it was later than it is. Wow. It's nine o'clock. But, you know, the my Mac background knows it's nighttime, so it's all starry. That's the scene. It's chill. It's late. Um, here we are. So I want to talk about the number one benefit of liveware. This has been something that's been on my mind because um, I spent so long kind of exploring the pros and cons of an approach like Liveware. And Liveware has morphed in that time. Like if, you know, my pitch for it on day one of Liveware would be vastly different than it is now because so many things have changed. We're no longer using WebSockets. There's so many optimistic UI capabilities. Um, there are, you know, Alpine JS exists, um, all sorts of stuff. So the ecosystem is better and bigger and whatever. And I'm sure a year from now, the the promise will be even different. But, um, but yeah, so I, I've spent, there's still, I mean, it's still worth exploring all the individual pros and cons of the live wire approach, but here's the one that matters the most to me and that I'm hearing the most. So it seems to be the most impactful. This is it. It makes you super fast. <laughs> it's, I don't know. How do you put it? Um, it's really productive. Maybe that's it. It's so productive. You can write so i mean you can do so many things so quickly um and this this is a dovetail on the the boilerplate episode but i keep hearing this more and more so it's kind of been something that's been on my mind is how um liveware really it makes it allows you to write more faster uh that's what it does i mean there's lots of other benefits and i think that the code that you do write is more robust um in ways because you're not you know wiring up all the interfaces yourself they're kind of done for you but yeah so i don't know i don't know what to say here but i just know that this is something that i'm hearing more and more from people in the community and more and more people who are discovering it they're saying it's like amazing how much i can get done um i've heard you know like i don't know stuff like i'm i can now manage both apps both of my SaaS apps on my own um you know it's half the amount of code that we had before uh, stuff like that. So there's there's a lot of that that I'm hearing, which is music to my ears. I mean, that's I mean, and it makes sense. It's of course like a, a consequence of not needing all that boilerplate that you did before. Um, there's just less code and staying in one language. There's less interface code. There's less duplicate code. All that stuff. So yeah, I don't know. So I guess that's that's the pitch. Really, is just that I'm sort of focusing in on that. That that you know, if I guess that's it's important to know what what the core promise or the core benefit of the tool you're making is. You know, something like that you might want to put in big letters on the homepage of the site, which I don't have because that's pretty outdated. I need to revamp the Livewire front page. But that's what it would be. Uh, Livewire allows you to build apps really fast. Like it allows you to build robust, dynamic apps like incredibly quickly. Um, yeah, so I have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> I don't know. I thought I would have more to say here. But, um, but yeah, I keep hearing it from people. I'm hearing it from clients. I'm hearing it from people on Twitter uh, and I love hearing it. And if you feel that way, you know, let me know. And if you don't feel that way, also let me know, but maybe privately and more thoughtfully and not vindictively, um, the, you know, the things that you think that Livewire can do better. Um, I mean, I think, okay, the, the con of Livewire, the, or the, the argument against this that I really don't hear many people make, I've heard it, but I haven't heard that many people make it. I would think more people make it. And this is probably because I see the innards and I work with the innards and the deep edge cases all the time, but because, so it, it, it's, it makes everything really easy. 
until you need to do something really hard, you know? And, uh, and I think, um, that's just like any tool. Well, every tool is kind of different in that regard, but I've tried to offer a gradient to go down into the depths, you know, to understand how it works and to be able to manipulate it. Um, namely with Alpine and all the Alpine extra things. But that, I mean, that's really the deep end of Livewire. Like the shallow end is all just Livewire PHP, you know, Livewire directives. And then you start to get in the deep end when you use Alpine in a way that interfaces with Livewire, which is incredibly powerful and you can do basically anything. Um, but, you know, that's when you have to look a little bit deep, more deeply. And so that's something that, that for me, um, I'm happy with the route that I've taken. I'm glad I didn't create a low-level suite of components that allows you to take advantage of these technologies, but you have to wire it all up yourself or, um, yeah, I'm glad I, I chose the route of making it really easy for people to wade into the pool or to sit in the kiddie pool for even as long as they want to use live wire. That's fine. And then if they, if they really need the robust stuff, maybe they choose a different tool, you know, for that type of thing. But, um, so that, I guess that's, maybe that's my, my big goal is to provide a really smooth, gradual wade into the deep end of Livewire. And I think there's a few areas that this could improve. My error reporting in Livewire and Alpine, I think, could be better because there's a certain set of errors that happens. I mean, it's kind of like this is this is basically with any JavaScript thing. I remember with Vue, when you get a really deep Vue error, it's like, well, yeah, okay, what am I going to do with that? Like, <laughs> my best bet is just copying and pasting this in the stack overflow. That's the best thing I can do. And views, errors, views, errors has gotten better over time. And, uh, and so, yeah, I want Alpines to be that same way. And I want Livewares to be that same way that, you know, cause I think that's, it's funny. That's the interface. Ha errors. This is interesting. Errors are the interface with the, with your unhappy user. You know, it's really important. It's funny because errors are something that you don't really consider an interface of your application. I'm kind of having an aha moment here. You don't consider them an interface of a um of your tool but really they are and they're a crucial one because your users when they're encountering the errors they are at their most vulnerable they're at their most confused they're at their most um uh potentially angry potentially disillusioned you know and if you can provide them with a good experience then um yeah you may just make a friend instead of an enemy and this is, uh, this is interesting. And I try to do this and it's easier in the back end. It's so much easier in the back end. Um, I, I have like an error, uh, like I try to throw custom error errors with custom messages that specify a, a faulty property that like, if it's a pro an issue with a property, it'll specify the name of the property and the name of the component. I try to make that all really discoverable. Let's see where I'm at. Seven minutes. Okay. I try to make that really discoverable, but of course you can't always do that. You know what? I would love to know what'd be really interesting. So in Alpine, there there was an error that, or no, this was Livewire, but the JavaScript portion of Livewire. This is a while, this is like a year ago, and I probably did an episode on it. There was an error that tons of, of GitHub issues had the same error, and it seemed like they were from different causes. So it turns out there's just a weak point in the Livewire JavaScript because it's not, because I don't use TypeScript, basically. Uh, a null was sneaking around, and then when it would the, the little bit of code that had nothing to do with the original cause, but tried to call a nested property on that null would throw the error. And so it's like, they'd get this, you know, cannot call something on undefined. And it's some weird random line that seems to have nothing to do with anything else um, or with the original problem at all. Um, and really, I mean, it's just because the problem was manifesting itself downstream of where the problem was beginning. And so what I did was provide a really helpful 
mess. Well, I tried to eliminate the problem. I did that, but I also provided a really helpful message. It's like, okay, if you get to this point, because some of the, I didn't even know how some of them got to this point. So that's the other thing. You can't always, you don't always know how that thing became null. (laughs) It's funny. It's insidious. Null is an undefined in JavaScript and is an insidious thing. I can see the case for TypeScript. Um, But yeah, so like, so what I did is I'm like, all right, well, how about I just put a really freaking good message right here? That's like, okay, you're experiencing this because of this general type of problem. And it's probably because of this type of issue. And then I listed a link to the docs. You can go to the docs and you can, you know, learn how to uh, troubleshoot this and, and, you know, walk through common causes and see if you can fix it. And I never heard about that issue again. I don't think I still have. It's not, you know, I don't know how it might not even be in the code base anymore. It's been so long, but, um, but yeah, how did we get on error messages? This has been, this has been fun though. Um, so, you know, in Alpine, there's some, there's some low hanging fruit there because Alpine evaluates JavaScript expressions in your HTML. You know, you have like X init and then some JavaScript. And because I'm evaluating a string of JavaScript, when you get an error, it's not going to show you that string of JavaScript. It's going to show you the function that evaluates it. And that's a problem. And so Alpine should be better about that. Alpine should spit out the element that is, that is it's fault, you know, you should get like in the console, a console.warn or something of the faulty elements so that you can just go to it. And then you can sit there and figure out that you missed your whatever closing, you know, parentheses or something. So yeah, I guess, um, I guess that's that, but, uh, wow. Yeah, we did, this did take a turn, but the number one benefit of liveware and Alpine, my goal is to make developers as fast as possible. And it's sort of an unintended side effect. Maybe, you know, and ultimately it's not because I think that's a driving force of mine throughout my career. And that's what led me on the HTML first backend approach, which then led me to live view and then to live wire. And that's where we are. And so I'm just pushing that. And I think that, um, yeah, that's the promise of live wire is productivity, productivity, man, making developers fast. So like say what you will about a tool, but if developers can are like delighted when they use it, and can be really fast in it and can do a ton, like that's that's a valuable freaking tool. So, okay, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you maybe in another episode.